I want to tell you what I was doing last weekend. While down the street there was an artisan market and a festival celebrating gender fluidity and also another event against bullying that was very much celebrating gender and sexual diversity with rainbow flags all over town, I was thinking the way to respond to this is not to be angry about it or to try to counter it or reject it with rational arguments and discussions. What we need to do is reclaim it. How did the biggest parade on Canada Day weekend become the Pride Parade? In the same way that the cross, a symbol of torture and Roman dominance, became the sign of love, the sign of the Christian. We took it over. How did so many sacred things slowly become profane or secular? Well, in the same way that a lot of the profane things eventually became sacred. Think winter or spring solstice that became Christmas or Easter. And now, those very sacred feasts are back to where they were, focusing mostly on a jolly old elf and a bunny that lays eggs. How do we reclaim or reframe the conversation? With time, by introducing something of our own, something sacred. So, what was I doing last weekend? Probably the same as many other people. I was not at a secular parade or a diversity festival. I was at a Corpus Christi procession. Simple, small, but well attended. In time, if we continue, it will grow. And then in June, when the secular world is talking about all kinds of other things, we will be providing people with something else, something sacred, which, guided by the Holy Spirit, will, in time, probably displace every other secular event at that time. Next year, don't leave town for Pride Week. Go to your local Corpus Christi procession instead. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm Emily Callen. I am Billy Chan. So we have our uh, usual uh, show today, getting close to the end of the season. Next weekend is mm. our already. last show of the season already. Um, always at this t- kind of time of the year, I, I feel like I want to do a shout-out to the people who are listening to us online. And, and as, as you know, Billy, we, mm-hmm. we can download the program as a free podcast yes. off iTunes. Thanks to Billy, actually. Thank you um, for <laughs> thanking but me. But also we have lots of people listening to over the radio, most people listening to the program over the radio. And, and I love to acknowledge our partner radio stations, the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129, the Spirit Catholic Radio Network out of Omaha, Nebraska, Holy Family Radio in Ohio, the Lamb uh, Radio Network, which is in the sort of South Dakota area, the Baraga Radio Network in Michigan. And uh, I did mention that in the new year, we're going to be uh, in Anchorage, Alaska at KHRM Catholic Radio in Anchorage. Wow. So that's that's very cool. So thank you, everybody that's listening there. What is the message that we want to tell them? To write to us. <laughs> <laughs> right? To write to us and tell you where you're listening from. Um, and, and people can reach us on e- email, radio at saltandlighttv.org, Facebook, uh, Salt and Light TV or me Deacon Pedro you can also reach us on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM and on Twitter as well at Emmy Callen B. Joel Chen okay good mm-hmm. and so uh, Emily just w- just before we started recording Emily said that she didn't think there was a lot in the news but but there, but there yeah. is uh, well maybe There's that's good news. yeah it's just I think it, things are slowing down a little, a little bit 
at the Vatican now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, they have summer too, right? Yeah, they well, do. they do. They, they the have Pope summer vacation. You want to yeah. work? You want to work at the Vatican <laughs> because they take the whole summer off. Exactly, wow. exactly. Great. Pope goes on vacation. I don't know what he does on vacation, but I don't know. He goes to the. <laughs> Maybe next Spanish week on Vatican Riviera. Connections we can talk about that. What does the Pope do on vacation? What does the Pope do on Yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. Know. Um, no, so this week I'll talk about the general audience as mm-hmm. well as World Refugee Day, which is uh, was celebrated worldwide. Yes. Um, those are kind of like the two main pieces okay, of Okay, good. That's important. World mm-hmm. Refugee Day. I know last Wednesday, I know we record the show on Wednesday, but people are listening to it on the weekend. So on Wednesday was National Aboriginal Day in Canada. Right. A lot of people didn't even know that. I'm sure a lot of people don't know that it's World Refugee Day. I don't know Or that. whenever that is. That. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So we're going to tell people about World Refugee Day. And then after the news, Billy, you have some more questions for dummies? Yes. Uh, you know, we after we talk about mass, how to uh, be more interesting in mass, you know, if you miss it, you, you, you should probably uh, download all the shows again, right? Yeah, okay. And uh, this week, question was about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Yes. Again. Uh, not again. Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about Adam we and Eve a at the bit beginning. Of it, yeah, but I want to, you know, just get more like detail. More detail about yes. Adam and because Eve. Because a lot of, basically, a lot of youth. And Nobody was there. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody. Okay, so if you want to find out more about Adam and Eve and the Genesis yes. creation story yes. or the the fall of uh, chapter three of Adam and Eve, chapter chapter three. Chapter okay, three. so the tree okay. and the serpent. <laughs> Um, uh, stay tuned that's Church for Dummies with Billy uh, in a little bit and then afterwards I'm very excited I'm very excited because I know who Lisa Hendy is she is the Catholic mom Um, I was going to ask Billy and Emily (laughs) what their opinion was about catholicmom.com and they looked at me like I had three heads because I mean well Emily's not a mom and (laughs) Billy's not a mom or a woman obviously so uh, (laughs) (laughs) but Billy when you have children sometime soon Billy, I, Billy was I married last year. I don't know. <laughs> um, you're going to direct your wife to use CatholicMom.com. Hopefully, hopefully his, she will his use non-Catholic it. wife. <laughs> hopefully she will right. use it. And I'm sure, yeah. like Emily, if even if you think about your own mom when she had small children, mind you, CatholicMom.com existed 20 years ago. Oh, really? But yeah, it did already. At the, in the Just earliest, years but, ago? but your I'm, mom probably I'm wasn't. Twenty-eight. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so so nobody here knows anything about CatholicMom.com. So if you want to find out more about CatholicMom.com, you should stay tuned. In our second half hour, as I said, we're going to be speaking with Lisa Hendy. She's the founder of CatholicMom.com, and we're going to learn. Uh, about that wonderful ministry and drum roll Lisa is going to be making an announcement so people want to stay tuned and listen to to that uh, announcement by Lisa Hendy right here on the Salt and Light Hour Um, and then at the end of the program we're going to be speaking with uh, Emily's favorite Catholic singer songwriter (laughs) Um, and, really? and neighbor it just happens to be that, that he's your neighbor yeah Joe Zambone so and Joe has a new album there's actually a disclaimer that you have to write when you move into <laughs> the apartment across the hall. <laughs> you can't tell the world. <laughs> well, I'm not telling people no where you live. I'm just saying that Joe Zambone happens to live across the hall. Um, and uh, he has a new album, and it's all about love. But I would say, I don't know, Emily, you've heard, obviously you've heard the album. Yeah. It's not your traditional love kind of uh, music, would you say? 
It's just like a very, I think it's very raw and very vulnerable. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Joe, I, that I like about Joe, yeah. but it is, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It's and very think, raw and yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll find in the conversation, because I spoke with Joe earlier in the week, um, uh, he actually, we talk about that. Um, so it's, uh, it's a conversation that I don't think people want to miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay tuned for, um, and uh, I think that people are going to want to go get Joe's album because it's actually uh, one of his better ones, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to begin, as we always do, with a song. Here is Joe Zambone with Oh Little While from his new album, Love Is. A little while you feel so long Till I can be with you once more Remembering not long ago The sweetness of you being close Love came just when it pleased You stole my heart, you wounded me It makes my soul unceasing cry Oh please return my one desire You're coming sooner than my heart deserves Not soon as I would Zambone with Oh Little While from his new album, Love Is. And we're going to be speaking with Joe Zambone in our second half hour. But first, Emily is still here with our little news. Our little news, the little exactly. news of the week. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'll start with the general audience. So as usual, uh, the Pope continued his catechesis on Christian hope. So he's been talking about Christian hope, I think, since Advent last year. I, I know. So, um, yeah, which is fine. I think that uh, we all need a little bit of hope sometimes, yes. right? So, um, and yeah, so this, this week again, he said that, um, you know, we should be living on the example of the saints who mm-hmm. lived before... Th- us so that they're an example of hope 
Um, they show us how to live the Christian ideal, which he said is possible. Um, he says it is possible to be saints because the Lord helps us. And and that means, and this is something actually that I've been reflecting on a lot. He says to be saint really only means to do the things, like the duties of right. the moment, right? Yeah. Your daily duties, praying, yes, going to that. work, taking care of your family, that, you know, being a saint is not something that's kind of out there, it's in the daily, the yes, daily the grind. Mundaneness. The mundaneness. John Newman, St. Yeah. John Newman used to say that it's in the mundaneness or the ordinariness of life. And I love that. Exactly. Pope Francis. Pope Francis. Right? That guy knows yes. knows a few things. Thanks for reminding us of that, Pope Francis. Yes. Um, yeah. And so he said to just to do all those things with a heart open to God um, and living a saintly life is the great gift that each of us can offer the world. Mm. So. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the World Refugee Day, which uh, was marked on June 20th. So Mm -hmm. this World Refugee Day is something that the UN began um, in 2001. And it is different than the World Day for Migrants and Refugees, which the Catholic Church started like 50 years ago. Yes. Um, Pope Paul VI, if I'm not mistaken, is the one who who started that day, which we, which, you know, he um, marks on in January. And usually the Pope has a message for that day as well. Okay, I'm glad you clarified. I thought it was the same thing. I know. I was really confused as well. I was like, well, wait a minute. What's Mm. going on here? So, no, World Refugee Day, June 20th. By the UN. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, so, but the Pope did, did underline the fact that, um, you know, we, this, this day was coming up. Um, he spoke about it in his Angelus on Sunday and, um, you know, mentioned the crisis again, which is something that he talks about a lot. And then on Monday, uh, he met with 35 refugees who have been welcomed in the Diocese of Rome these last two years. So, okay. um, as you know, or maybe as you don't know, in September 2015, Pope Francis asked that each parish and religious community in Europe, welcome a refugee family. And in Rome, um, 38 parishes and religious communities mm-hmm. have welcomed 121 people so far in two years. Um, and this is all done through the work of the official charitable arm of the Vatican, so Caritas, as well as um, with the help of the Sant'Egidio community, right. so who have opened up corridors yeah. so that refugees can come to the diocese. Yeah, um, yeah so, so that happened on June 20th at the Vatican, and I'm sure there have been activities or there were mm-hmm. activities all over the world. Um, but be too long to mention all of them here. Um, as well, the Vatican also announced that the Pope will be going to Chile and Peru in January 2018. Oh, that's news. Yes. And he will be doing that visit to both countries in only one week, Pedro. Well, they're neighbor countries, aren't they? What is Chile and? Peru. Peru. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. And he's going to Colombia in September. So very yeah. exciting. And then he goes to Panama in 2019, exactly. January. Exactly. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Emily Callan, you can watch her every Friday on Vatican Connections. It's easy to find on demand on saltonlighttv.org and also on our Roku channel. You can follow her at Emmy Callan. Hi, I'm Rita West, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can stay in touch with what's happening on this show by following me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies. Okay, good. Um, um, Thank I'm, you for I'm, laughing. No, I'm sorry. I'm Thank sorry. You. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to laugh. But but I love that. I love that. I love I love how you introduce this. Maybe it's just the title, Church for Dummies. It's such a good title. One day I won't laugh, I promise. Um, it's so, good that you laugh. So you want to talk about Adam and Eve. Again. As you said. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes, I want to talk about that because it's 
first of all, is the first story. I mean, first story involve human. Yeah. Okay. Um, in, in the Bible, and it's very fascinating. Every time I read it, I find that yes, there's a lot of question I want to ask. Do you read it a lot? A lot? I I read it a lot of time. Really? Yes. Okay, yes. Good. Um, you know, a lot of this is not only my question, and yes. it's also a lot of different people's question. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we always think about original sin is very important. Yes. Uh, very serious yes. as well, and we do not want it because. You know, we will. We we it's, it's nothing related to us. We find we didn't do anything wrong. Right, we, right. We, but we have to we live with it. Yes, yeah. And it's not our responsibility sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. so you know, and and it's all because of a tree. This is what people think that you know it's all okay. because of the fruit of the tree. The tree. If God doesn't create the tree, then then we wouldn't have this problem. Everything is fine. It's all is, because is, of a tree. Is it like that? Is it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, no. And, 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 and the first thing, and I'm sure we, we spoke about this uh, months ago when we first yes. started this segment. You have to remember that all those stories from, the, the, from at least the creation narratives from Genesis are analogies. So they are not really. Okay. This is not a, historic, a historical event that okay. actually happened. Yes. Okay. The church, the Catholic church does not teach that, that. I mean, God could absolutely have created the world in seven days and absolutely have created a, a man, Adam, and a woman, Eve. But we don't believe that that is historically fact. Yes, but... It you didn't know, happen as, that way. If yes, as what you said, then we do not have the original scene. No, because, because the truth, that's why it's an analogy. Uh-huh. So the analogy is to teach us something about original sin okay, so what or to say? teach us something about relationship between men and women to teach us something about marriage to teach us something about being an image of God to teaching us something about the relationship with God so all those things are being taught through the analogy of the story of Adam and Eve so when you look at chapter 3 of Genesis the tree that 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 is an analogy so, so that means yeah exactly so that uh-huh. means that there is something that is what I think that what is debatable is what that original sin is. Yes. And you could say that because God says, um, don't do this. So is original sin disobedience? Mm. Could be. Or um, God says, uh, sorry, the serpent says to, to Eve, if you do this, you will be like God. So is that the sin that we want to be like God? Is it the sin of pride? Is it, you know, I think a lot of people maybe think that it's a sexual sin, but it's, I think it's pretty cl- uh, clear that if you look at all church documents, uh-huh. that it's not the sexual, the sexuality is not, not a sin. Okay. No, it's about wanting to be like God. It's about pride. It's about obedience. That, those are more likely to be the original sin. And if you look at our struggle with sin today, all those things that we as human beings, not as, as me as a deacon, deacon Pedro by myself, although I, we know we struggle with a lot of the same <laughs> sins, but all the sins that we struggle with have to do with that, has to do with, is there a God? Is God telling me the truth? Do I know that what God told me is true? Am I God? You know, I'm, I'm a human being that I want to redefine. Uh, you know, I spoke at the opening commentary about, you know, gender fluidity and diversity. Is that because I'm a human being and I can define things as wh- however I want? Am I playing God? Am I? So those are all things that can be traced back 
to original sin. So no, there was no tree. No, there was no fruit on this tree. It wasn't an apple. Nowhere does it say there was an apple. It's a fruit. It's a fruit, Mm -hmm. but that is symbolic of a larger reality, which is God says, trust me. And we basically say, no, we're not going to trust you. So that basically means that we should only focus on on what? On on, on the original sin. And the original scene is what you just mentioned, for example. Well, I think that you will. um, I I think that you will find many different commentaries uh that might point to different possibilities of what that original sin is. But it's probably one of those two or three that I mentioned, or 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 related to those. So I would say that we focus on that, and because we're focusing, what does it mean to relate to God, right? And to relate to God means that God is God. (laughs) I'm not God, and that God is. You know, he's the creator. So that's where we start. And then everything else falls falls in line. So we, we look at scripture. Um, we look at scripture as something that tells us, um, and I think we talked about this before, uh, about truth. So what is the truth that this story is pointing to? And that's what we focus on. So when we get baptized and... And it's it's sad, you know, when we get baptized, our original sin has been cleaned. Yes. Is it the the sin that we are talking about in in Adam and Eve? It is so that we are not so when you, when you sin, mm-hmm. there 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 are consequences to that sin. So there's the uh, temporal consequences and the eternal consequences. The eternal consequences are removed, but the temporal consequences. Are remain so that's why we have something that's called concupiscence, which is the tendency to sin. That's a, that's a, that's a, uh, a consequence of that original sin, and that's why we are still, we have a tendency to sin. I see, I see. That's, that's great. It's very interesting what you just talk about. I would like to talk more about sin <laughs> <laughs> next time. Okay, good. Okay, next time on Church for Dummies um, with Billy Chan. Thank you. So uh, I uh, I hope that that was useful, and people can always re- write to you, Billy, or write yes. to me if they have questions or topics that they want to talk Please about. Please ask questions. Um, and, and if if you comment. hear me saying anything that makes absolutely no sense and you are a theologian and you know better please mm-hmm. write and, Let us and know. correct us okay um, thank you very much Billy Chan he's a former radio host but now he is just our lowly web master here at Salt and Light um, and you can follow him at B. Joe Chan My name is Oriana Bertucci, and I'm a monthly guardian for Salt and Light. After considering what was important to me, my faith, my family, my friends, my health, I wanted to find ways to support these priorities. If I made a monthly payment to my gym to support my physical well-being, why not make a monthly donation to the Guardian program to support my spiritual well-being? One of the things that I love about Salt and Light is the way that they bring the Universal Church into your living room or onto your mobile device. Whether the day's news is coming from Rome, the Philippines, Brazil, or right here at home, Salt and Light brings us a broad and balanced perspective of how the church's news impacts me today in my local community. So why not consider your priorities? Consider becoming a monthly guardian for Salt and Light Television. Support not only your own spiritual well-being, but the spiritual well-being of thousands of others.
Coming up in our second half hour, catholicmom.com and a featured conversation with Joe Zambone. So don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. I don't think that there is a parent out there that at some point does not consider how they're going to parent their children. I remember as a young parent, I used to say that we spend so much money and time learning a trade or getting an education so that we can get a job, yet for the most important job that we'll ever do, which is parenting, most people get little to no training. But a lot of parents, like me and my wife, arm themselves with books and resources. If you're a Catholic parent, there are lots of resources out there. And I also love to say that everything is on the internet. And so are great parenting and Catholic resources. One of these is catholicmom.com. It was started by a young mom at the time, Lisa Hendy, in her kitchen, and has grown to a massive and very popular ministry. To learn more and to make an exciting announcement, I spoke to Lisa Hendy earlier this week. Lisa, welcome to our program. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be with you. I know. It's so much fun to have finally met you in person a few weeks ago. We were uh, um, together. Um, so I'm assuming that most people have maybe heard, certainly Catholic moms have probably heard of CatholicMom.com. But in case someone has never heard about that, they don't have internet or something, what is CatholicMom.com? Well, CatholicMom.com is a little spot on the web um, that I founded back in the year 2000 that's now grown to uh, a pretty large blog um, encompassing um, over 100 great writers, some uh, mostly moms, but other people too, dads, and we even have some deacons that write for us. Um, and uh, really, it's just a spot on the web to really celebrate all things faith, family, and fun from a Catholic perspective, and we do our really best to uh, to just strive every day to be the best um, mothers and um, members of our domestic church that we can be. Right, so you were, I guess, um, a young, younger mom in the year two, <laughs> 2000. Your Much younger than I am now. <laughs> your children were small. How did it start? How did you end up, you know, registering a domain name and start, and, and I mean, this was kind of, I guess, the beginning when people were blogging, beginning of... Right. It actually started before there were even blogs. Um, yeah. In the year 2000, my son, Eric, who's my eldest um and now getting ready to be married, wow. preparing for a different sacrament. But back then, <laughs> he was actually um, preparing for his first communion and first reconciliation. Right. And I attended one of those parent meetings where they, you know, the second grade teachers tell you, you are the primary faith formator of your child. Yeah. Even though I had always known that, kind of the reality of it kicked in that night. Back then, my husband, Greg, was not Catholic. He's since come into the church and really kind okay. of the gravity of you know, that responsibility was weighing on me. So I went looking around online for resources for Catholic moms, and honestly, I didn't find anything. And so for some reason, instead of just going and buying a catechism, I decided to buy a domain name and to start this as a, a hobby, really, to grow in my faith so that I could share it with my children. Okay, but let me let me stop you there, because that to me, that is not intuitive. Like, I would not 
I mean, if you're looking for information, because if you're, so you were you putting out a message saying, are there any moms out there I need help? Or were you actually saying, this is what I'm struggling with? And because as a blogger, you are the one that's giving information, no? You know, um, you would think so. So basically, back then, the technology was more limited than it is now, much more one way. But from the very beginning, my desire was to connect with other Catholic moms. And I came at it from the perspective of um, this is who I am and what I'm looking for and who else is out there. And we right away formed, I don't know if you remember, old message boards. Yes, message board like on the Yahoo website. or whatever. Yeah. And that community is actually still active. It was spun off from the website several years ago. But um, even back then, we found ways to be in community with each other, which was so much more enhanced around 2006 when we went to a blogging format. Um, and and that eventually took over the website and now and and you know even early on when it was before it was actually a blog we always had other contributors from the very beginning who right. who wrote from their own perspectives and that was really the secret to the site. Now were you a stay-at-home mom or were you working? When did you do all this? I was a stay-at-home mom, so really with kids in um, second grade and kindergarten, I spent a lot of time driving back and forth yeah. to Catholic school that year. So right to start off with, it was a hobby that happened, you know, in the morning for an hour or two before they woke up. I was reading those HTML for dummies books along yeah. with, you know, the uh, the catechism and writings from Pope John Paul II, now St. John Paul II, just really, you know, on fire to learn more about my faith, even though I'd been Catholic my whole life. And were you, st- did you start with that typical kind of blog format where it's sort of you, what you're dealing with today. Today I woke up and I drove the kids to school and they asked me a question, you know, like that's format or were you, was it more instructional? You know, what we did back then was really, and actually we kind of continued this in a way, is really to follow the liturgical calendar. So okay. I was trying to figure out, okay, you know, we're in the season of Lent, so what does that mean for me and my children? Um, early on, we started resources that are actually still really popular on the site, um, little coloring page activities mm-hmm. and puzzles that could be printed out, because I was looking for a way to kind of, first of all, keep my kids quiet in mass, yeah. um, but more importantly, you know, to pass along what was happening in the Sunday Liturgy of the Word, and also to hear it for myself, because every mom out there knows that once, you know, the Liturgy of the Word's happening and we all sit down, that's when our kids go crazy, and we rarely get to really yeah. meaningfully listen to the homilies. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Now, did you, um, I I presume that very early on you started making uh, connections and relationships, creating relationships with other moms. Tell me about that. Yes, and it's so beautiful to see how that's grown over the years. So some of our very first contributors were spread out all over the country. And, um, you know, we never did any advertising. We really never have. So people just kind of found the site by word of mouth and and came and, you know, I saw my plea to please share what you're feeling. And, and some of those have actually gone on to become best friends of mine and, mm-hmm. and have published their own books. And it's just such an amazing thing to see over the years how the site has grown. And it's always been an open invitation to people that want to come, you know, and learn to write about their faith. We have many very accomplished writers, but also writers that are writing for the very first time. And the common thing is just this desire to to know, to love, and to share the faith. Mm-hmm. Now, you, I, I know you continue to describe this as a blog. I would say it's much more than that. I mean, it's become a little, almost a brand, a Catholic mom. You even have some books that are attached to that brand. Tell us about the publishing end. 
Well, my um, publisher is Ave Maria Press, and they came to me in 2008 as a result of the website, their interest in the website. Mm -hmm. The publisher, Tom Grady, had heard a podcast that I'd done with one of their other authors, and he came and invited me to write my first book, and that that's blossomed into a catholicmom.com book imprint with okay. Ave Maria Press. We're now at work. We've, we've published 10 books, um, most not written by me, um, but written by very talented mm-hmm. um, authors that have written on a variety of subjects, and that continues to grow with a, just a desire to complement the website with you know, these great resources that families can use um, in a variety of different ways. And, you know, they're all out speaking. We've got a really active social media ministry as well. It's just amazing to see the work of the Holy Spirit. So these are these books are published by Ave Maria Press, but they're with the Catholic Mom imprint. So how do you, as CatholicMom.com, decide what kind of books or topics or authors fit in, into that imprint? So what happens is the publisher will make the desire or make the decision to acquire a book. Um, so they decide first of all whether or not the book is kind of worthy of being mm-hmm. published. And then once they do, if they think it's a good fit for us, if it seems like a natural fit, something that a mother would really want to read, mm-hmm. they'll bring it to us um, for you know sort of the decision about whether or not we think it's a good fit for the imprint. And um, it's really been exciting to see kind of how the variety of those books has has really blossomed because it's not just for moms of young kids. Um, We have books, you know, actually we have a pregnancy book and a baby baby naming book. And we even have a book by a mom who's around my age that's writing really about more of the challenges of raising adult children in faith. So it's really varied. No, lots of great resources. And if I can add, not just for moms, right? Well, yes, that's a little <laughs> secret. I've had more than one dad come up to me and say, hey, why does this say mom on the front of it? Because I've read it and enjoyed it. So definitely great resources for really anyone that lives in a domestic church. Which absolutely. Is all absolutely. Absolutely. It's really um, kind of for for all families. Um, big news happening uh, this month for CatholicMom.com. Can you tell us about that? I'm very happy to share um, the exciting news that's been recently announced that we will be joining um, the family of Holy Cross Family Ministries, of course, founded by um, the wonderful Father Patrick Payton, and their mission to encourage families to pray together is just such a beautiful blessing, really literally to people around the globe, and their recent acquisition of the website is, is an amazing gift. I never could have imagined um, a dream like that coming true, and it's it's exciting to imagine what will happen from here. Absolutely. Good things to happen. Um, and for, for people who might be worried that things are changing, what do you tell them? Well, I mean, hopefully they will change only for the better because mm-hmm. the resources, the infrastructure, but most of all the priestly um, supervision that the website will now have will be such a great blessing for our readers. We hope to go into more languages and also to only just enhance the resources that we're offering our readers. I'm not going anywhere. Um, I'll be around. (laughs) I just can't wait to see um, what the Holy Spirit has in store now for the website. Absolutely. So you're still there. It's still CatholicMom.com, and it's still all the great content and all the great contributors, as always. Lisa, it's been great talking to you today. It's been great meeting you. And uh, I'm also very excited about the uh, changes that are happening to CatholicMom.com. So uh, only only one way here, and it's, it's better and better. Thank you. And as a great fan of the work that you do at Salt and Light, keep it up where you're in our prayers. So thank you. Thank you. 
That was a conversation I had with Lisa Hendy earlier this week. You can check out catholicmom.com at that website, catholicmom.com. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Joe Zambone, with Untethered from his new album, Love Is. Where did we go wrong talking the words from our mouths? When did we give up wanting each other's hearts? And when it's everything we had, it's all that made us grow. That should bring hope We're drifting apart Like two untethered bones And when did we lose touch Knowing
That was Joe Zambone with Untethered from his new album, Love Is. Last we spoke with Joe Zambone was April 2014, and he had just released his album Brothers. It was his fifth album, and now he has a new one, which we've been listening to, Love Is. But it is not an album about romantic love, although it is about that. I was surprised by what Joe had to say in a conversation that we had a few weeks ago while he's on tour. Here is that conversation. Joe Zambone, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Good to have you. Yeah, it's good to be back too. So um, I guess we can cut to the chase. This is your sixth album. What would you say is different about this? Because let me just set it up because Brothers, I thought, was very different already for you. So what is different about this album for you? So yeah, I think in two ways it might be said that it's a bit different. You know, one is just with the sound. I'm always trying to push my sound, and especially through the help of my brother, who is also working with me on this album. I think we tried just some new sounds, and um, and I think they t- they turned out pretty good. Um, and the second way is this album. It got written pretty fast. Like it got written within about six months, and so I think thematically it's probably I mean the closest I've ever had to uh, I don't know I forget what it's called what do you call it where like an album has a theme throughout the whole album like very clearly so yeah um, so this album yeah being called Love Is like I was basically thinking about that through the whole writing process and so So, at least for me it sounds like it's it's, it fits every song kind of fits together as like other albums I've had it that is kind of a bit sometimes like patchy, I guess. Yeah, no, and I think that I remember I remember you telling me about Brothers, which was your last album, that it was almost on purpose that there was, you know, there's there's this style of music and then a song that's completely a different style of music and something that feels like praise and worship and then something that's completely different. So did you totally. think did you think that this album was gonna call be called Love Is right from the beginning? So you had a title for the album or a theme that way? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing, is when I finished Brothers, I already kind of was thinking, I think the next album I want to write on is on love. Um, And I was already thinking, love is. Um, But the funny thing, three years ago, I I was like, how am I ever going to write on love? I mean, there is no love in my life in that sense. Um, And so I thought it was kind of a long shot. But, you know, a few years later, uh, there we are sitting down and writing, writing on love, you know. Well, let me, let me talk. Let me talk to you about that because love is not just romantic love, clearly. So, are you looking at different types of love? Yeah. So i I didn't really set out to write on one just specific aspect, but I was actually reading a lot of like Bernard of Clairvaux, John of the Cross, yeah, uh, Teresa of Avila. Wow. And you know, these are all like great lovers, mm-hmm. and um, so the. The, if you listen to the top of the album, there's a lot of influence from them, like, you know, on Oh Little While or on Desire, right. um, Sweet Aroma, Love Is Not Love. And, um, you know, I, I was just kind of, yeah, writing from even their perspective, like, you know, these are mostly celibates, um, but they, yeah. they know what love is really because, um, you know, love being first, I mean, where there's love, there's there's a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it could be, you know, a godly relationship. It could be a brother-sister relationship. Right. And uh, I think all the same kind of pieces do apply. Um, it just might sound a bit different. But if you read something like the Song of Songs, it's 
it's almost very romantic. Um, yes, erotic yet, almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um, it's interesting then reading it from, like, from the eyes of, let's say, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, mm-hmm. um, who has spilled so much ink writing on the Song of Songs. Right. Um, huh. And so that's really where, I mean, I, I guess that's where I had started from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, life goes on too, and you have your own experiences, and you can start to add to add to the pot. So it wasn't, yeah, just a romantic. And I think that's what kind of surprised me was, um, I think I was expecting just to write an album like with maybe five or six songs on love, and then and then I'll move on to something else. Mm-hmm. But then there was like a whole other season, which for me was kind of like the healing experience of love. Um, yeah. And is really what kind of the mess, the main message then of the tour that I'm trying to bring is, yeah. you know, this encounter with love that really starts to gather all the pieces and the fragments of our lives back together um, to restore them and recreate them. Um, because love is interested in the whole. It's not interested in just a part of us. It's interested in the whole. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a little bit, because you mentioned, so these mystics, John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, Bernard of Clairvaux, and would you say that you were forced, because you were uh, using them as inspiration, to look at, at the ideal of love? I mean, they're the ones that are calling us to this higher love. I mean, these guys were, you know, Teresa of Avila, I mean, she was like united with God. You know, like that's the kind of love that we're all called to as in that heavenly marriage, if you want to use that analogy, um, that that you're exploring the ideal of love, maybe? Totally. And I think that's, again, too, the reason I chose that as the title, Love Is. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, every song kind of adds a bit more to that sentence. You know, love is this or love is not this. Mm-hmm. Um and I think often too, you know, we don't. I think if you just read, like, listen to or read kind of pop culture, pop culture music, um, it's not. I w- yeah, I would say there's elements of the ideal there, but then there's also, you know, it can be very confusing because it sounds like love is something that when you read like the saints or the mystics, it's like they're not talking about the same thing. So, like, what is love then, right? Right, um, right. And so I think, yeah, reading um, a bit more from the saints and allowing it to kind of even transform me, like my understanding of it, Yeah. Um, it has helped me try to think of like the greater love, what it is, the ultimate, what is the goal, um, and then start to try to move in that direction within my relationship with myself, but then also mm-hmm. all of my relationships outward. So, and you, you, you said that you're trying to bring those elements into this tour that you're doing, so it's like a little bit of a love mission. Would you say that that there's something about, because you also mentioned healing, and I think that a lot of people have been hurt because they've loved, so it's kind of maybe not intuitive that the way to heal is to continue loving, in, in that we love forces us out of ourselves? Yeah, I, um, you know, I try to, you know, take people on a journey um, at a concert, you know, as I basically play the album live from the top to the bottom. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there is that element that we've all been broken. Um, and, you know, one of the songs I really just share about, like, I think sometimes, you know, the wounds in our lives fracture us so much that we, we don't actually possess the totality of ourselves. Right. So that we can make that a gift to somebody else, you know, because love, 
would desire to make a total gift of oneself to another, yeah. and you know, and desires to have in return the total gift to another. Yeah. But often we're so fractured by the wounds in our life that we can't even make a gift of ourselves, and so that's where the healing comes in. Mm-hmm. But what I've come to experience in my own life, how that healing and you know what brings all the pieces back together is an encounter with unconditional love. Because yeah. when someone loves you in that way, they they see you as a whole, um, and they desire to bring all those pieces back and even restore and recreate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of yeah the journey. What I've experienced with healing that the healing comes even though sometimes we've been wounded um, by relationships where we thought there was love there, but the thing that I always like to bring up is that, you know, in Isaiah, where he says, you know, he will not break a bruised reed. Yeah, I love that. And in one of my songs, I, yeah. I change that to say, love will never break a bruised reed. Yes. Because that's the thing that I think, you know, we kind of spend think, I was in a loving relationship, and then I became broken. Yeah. Um, but often, I think it was, a, in some ways, the absence of love that then broke bruised reed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yet when we come back into a relationship, when we make ourselves vulnerable again, um, because we could be hurt, because, you know, we're yeah. crazy animals <laughs> sometimes, yes. um, but when when there is love present, then it does restore, it does heal, um, and so one themselves even that, in that healing again. So that's kind of also yeah, a bit of a message, you know, you're saying, like a, a love mission, that I am trying to like also encourage people to kind of, you know, not be afraid to open themselves up again and to really go down the road of, you know, love um, instead of just letting your fears kind of decide the direction of your life, you know. Absolutely, and that's a, a great message too because, you know, we know that the, the, some people say, I think it was John Paul II, St. John Paul, that love, that fear is the opposite of love. Um, mm-hmm. Joe, uh, I, I, I'm glad that we talked because I, I, I've heard the album and I would not have thought that it was a healing album, but I, I, I'm going to now promote it that way, that, that people should be listening to this album um, and thinking about healing. That, that's a great, uh, a great uh, gift that you've given us. Um, we're going to have to leave it there. Um, but thank you for taking a little bit of time from your busy tour. You're in Denver right now. Um, uh, so uh, thank you for writing the music and for sharing it with us today. You're welcome, Pedro. God bless you. You too. That was a conversation I had with Joe Zambone a couple weeks ago. You can learn more about Joe Zambone and purchase his new album, Love Is, at his website, joezambonemusic.com. That's also where you can find out where Joe's tour is taking him. I know he's going to be in Wisconsin, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Nova Scotia, PEI, New Brunswick, Quebec City, and Ottawa, and I'm sure lots more. Um, and you need to go to his concert. He's really, really good. Here now is Joe Zambone with Forward from his new album, Love Is. Better to try and fail Staring at the ocean from the shore Always wondering what could be but never know It's better to give and be refused Than never sharing what you treasure most It's in giving that your heart becomes a home Cause love is more Love is moving me forward 
trust and to hurt the neither knowing pain nor knowing war our heart can heal but it's still will never feel it's better to fall into rise than letting your defeat define your life the storms will pass and so will darken nights cause love is to Joe Zambone with Forward from his new album, Love Is, and that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can always reach us via email at radio at saltandlighttv.org. Facebook and Twitter are also good. There's, Salt and, there's at Salt and Light TV, and I'm at Deacon Pedro GM. And I'm at Emmy Callan, and Billy is at Bijo Chan. You can also subscribe to the free Salt and Light Hour podcast off iTunes, and you can stream our podcast, all our Salt and Light Hour programs, also at our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where we post links to our artists or guests, so please go and support what they do. Next week, Jessica Harris from Beggar's Dog on women and pornography and also a featured chat with Ken Canedo about his new album Aquaba that's all next week thank you for listening I'm Emily Callan and I'm Deacon Pedro and this has been The, the Salt, Salt and Light, Light Hour because love is moving me forward love is Better to trust and to hurt Than neither knowing pain nor knowing war Our heart can heal but a storm will never feel It's better to fall than to rise Than letting your defeat define your life The storms will pass and so will darken nights Cause love is a
than ever loved. And in the end, love will remain. So the lesson in the pain is take courage, heart. Your love was never 